Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. With over 20 years in healthcare, Dr. Gray is a doctor of oriental medicine and holistic physician fusing Eastern and Western healing. Dr. Gray is on staff at Jupiter Medical Center and in private practice with an office in Jupiter, Florida, where he resides. Dr. Gray enjoys being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Baden-Baden, Germany, and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and Biarritz, France. He is co author of several books on food therapy and the founder of the annual Star Summit Talks at the Norton Museum of Art in Palm Beach, Florida. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, quality living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. We thank you so much for joining us via podcast or radio or wherever you are. Uh, we appreciate your attention and your love. Um, as always, I have a special guest, and today we have Kogan Kane, who... Um, uh, what, if I were to give him a, an official title, adventure be, guide. <laughs> yeah, I, I was going to say outdoorsman because you just are naturally always outdoors. You're just a nature I, guy, and I, I so not just adventure, so. you know. But mm-hmm. yes, I like that too. Adventure guide, it's beautiful. Kogan Kane adventure guy. Let's say that. Um, <laughs> but you know, to to our family, you're just you, you're like. You've been a great um, asset. You've helped us to really enjoy some of our outings, not only with the boating and so forth, but you took us boar hunting. Um, and, I, and and these are just the on tips. On a swamp buggy, too. On a swamp pretty, buggy, that was yeah. Pretty fun. <laughs> yeah, this is great. And, you know, you, you set it up for us. You made it easy. You made it fun. You you were the guide. And um, and we still dealt with the, organ, you know, the other organization, but you were there. And I think it's just the tip of the iceberg from what I gather. You do a lot and you've done a lot. So let's take it back to how this got started. You're fairly young, but you know, you're no spring chicken either. You have a lot of experience under your belt, right? <laughs> oh yeah. I, my father and I, you know, we had a ranch in Texas growing up and I have very fond memories of that. And as I got older, I kind of you know reincarnated that here in Florida and my travels to Alaska. Um, and yeah, so that was kind of like, and I've always been boating. So just naturally, the things I like to do, I wanted to share with people in that experience so that they would, you know, gain some of my knowledge and grow a passion for uh, the outdoors like I do, whether that's in the water or on land or in the, you know, in the safaris of uh, Africa or wherever, wherever they want to go, I want to make that happen. And I've met people to help me do that um, to a certain respect. Um, but, uh, you know, a lot of my business is done here locally, so. Yeah, <laughs> for, Jupiter, Florida. If I could clone myself, that would that would that would help a lot. But <laughs> Now, before we go into all these facets of what your life as an adventure guy goes, mm-hmm. you know, touches and, and how many families and people you've helped experience various things, mm-hmm. I kind of want to fast forward to our most recent outing mm-hmm. where I saw you rearranging rocks. And our family watched you <laughs> rearranging rocks where we had parked the boat along a um, sort of a natural area, um, but mm-hmm. up against a preserve. Now, mm-hmm. uh, I, I kind of want to ask why, but it leads me to say how this this show really falls into environmental health. Because every, every show has a, a view of, uh, or touches on different health, social health, environmental health, physical mm-hmm. health, mental, spiritual, you name it. And that's the, the mantra or the focus of the show. This one, you know, very much falls into uh, environmental, among other things, because I, I think it's health and well-being of a family to be able to enjoy the outdoors and like your father did for you, connect you to Mother Earth and, and all the all the beauty that it has to offer mm. here 
um, and now. Uh, so tell me a little bit about why you were rearranging those rocks. <laughs> so I was, uh, I saw them all spread out there, and then I knew that somebody had put a pile there, and I was right where a lot of people like to park boats. So initially, I wanted to get them away from <laughs> the boat as to not damage it. But at the same time, I wanted to move them further and in a fashion that the fish would like. So that's what I kind of rearranged them to do, so mm -hmm. that it was a nice little pile for the little fish to go hang out in later on. Mm -hmm. um, is, yeah, yeah, like they used to around here in Jupiter and Palm Beach and all along the east coast of Florida, they would take highway rubble and other construction materials, mostly cement, which is not necessarily, you know, arguably not bad for the environment, but they would um, dump them offshore and make these artificial reefs. And so when you go scuba diving around here, you can quite often find either, um, you know, rubble piles or like big giant cement pillars that they stuck down there and they're really cool habitats to go explore um and see all the fish and you know the reefs growing on there and things like that um if they, they made a lot of artificial reefs even sinking old battleships from mm -hmm. like world war ii mm -hmm. and the keys um with that one the vandenberg uh it's a humongous ship and they cut holes in it so scuba divers can go in and out of there and uh, i was just trying to do that myself because i think if i'm not mistaken Recently, they have kind of stopped doing that, and I, you know, I had I, I put my two cents in. <laughs> yeah, I like that, and that's something only someone that obviously is connected to nature as you are would even think of doing. Uh, like, and well, appreciates you know nature and 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 our interaction with it. Um, you know, the idea that you would see it and do that. And I'm sure there's been thousands of boats that have parked there amongst mm. those rocks. You know, mine and, you know, mm. I belong to a boat club, Jupiter and the boat club, a plug for them. They've been great over the last 11 years. And anyway, so, you know, as a father who's taken their kids to that very spot, I've never thought to do that. And that's, you know, your passion for, you know, the environment and, and the, 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 you know, uh, the ocean and all of that show, shows through. So, of your adventure guiding, what are all the different things that you offer or have offered over the years? Well, it's it's Outings, like uh, it's you know some people want to do either fishing or hunting, or some people just want to take pictures. And I found a lot of people just want to take pictures, and I'm I'm more trying to focus into that aspect now, which is like you know the safari aspect of wherever you're going, whether that's you know Africa or Alaska or you know, some wild exotic place or, you know, private ranch, if you will, um, like we went to where we saw all these different <laughs> all these different types of exotic animals, which yeah. was just fun. Lots of deer, lots of birds, lots of everything. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. It was like on safari, but uh, yeah. in Florida, on, out in Indian Town. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know. It's just, I mean, I, imagine if you had a big gold, you know, 50 millimeter lens or I don't even know if that's the right size lens, but, <laughs> yeah. you know, a monster. Something big, yeah. Yeah, something big, right. Uh, it, it, you know, it would be it would be kind of cool. Some people are really into that. I like taking pictures too. So, yeah. I mean, what can I? Uh, I remember one time I went to Katmai National Park, which is up. If you'd go to King Salmon, Alaska, and then take a little puddle jumper, and I um, this was after I was fishing up there, and they have that Katmai National Park, which is where the waterfall is, where the Oh, the grizzly bears are sitting there, and all the salmon are jumping up the waterfall, and they're eating them as mm -hmm. soon as they jump. It's and I went there as like a fisherman, just like, hey, I'm here for the day. Yeah, and there was people from all over the world there, 
just taking pictures, enjoying themselves, walking around. Nobody, you know, people think, I don't know, I'm going to walk around with bears. I mean, they've been in business for like 100 years, so <laughs> nobody's been eating yet. <laughs> if you catch a fish, the bear might come up to you, but you better give them the fish and then yeah. they'll leave you alone. Right, they yeah. want the fish. They're not, a, Yeah, they're not exactly hungry. Yeah. You know, they got plenty of food there, so they're not, you know. But it's, it's uh, I got I got some really good pictures from there, and I was taking them with a smartphone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I want to go It's amazing back. what we can oh. do with those things these days. Yeah. Um, so you've, you've done, obviously, like I said, wild boar hunting. You, you, you're not a f- b- big fan of at least the way they do quail hunting here. I got that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, as a kid, it's actually probably okay because it's it's still it's still fun don't get me wrong yeah. but um i mean ethically it's a little silly but it's like uh it's describe it to our listeners what okay. uh, your average quail hunting is around here oh so like they 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 grow these quails like a farmer would and then let them out on the property and they're all little friends at that point and they all hang out together so they'll be like you know instead of like one or two quails they'll have like 10 or 12 so they have mm-hmm. a bunch of them yeah. and then the guide goes around with his dog and then and then you're walking around with him and he's like oh I think I saw one over here in this bush and he goes over to the bush and and, and stirs them up and then maybe four or five go out and then you know everybody takes a shot and misses and they all laugh at each other and then he goes oh here's some more and then, and then four, four or five more come out yeah. like, some will be on the ground they're like I'm not going to go fly I'm just going to stay here on the ground because they you know they're so uh, but it was is when I was I did it when I was like 14 with a uh, friend of mine and his yeah. father and it was still really fun to, at the end of the day to have that competitive thing where yeah. you know Kogan got more than you know his friend and his dad who invited him mm-hmm. <laughs> with the single shot uh, shotgun and they had you know the classic over under shotguns I get two and I get one shot right and I still got more than them. <laughs> so so it, um, it was it, we bonded in that respect uh, but it's oh. not something you seem fond of doing now mm. at, this, at this level of your life or mm. age or whatever. I mean, you know, I would enjoy taking other people go- to do it. Mm-hmm. Like what about wild turkeys? Wild turkeys. So the wild turkeys around here uh, are the Osceola turkeys. And they are some of the most coveted turkeys because they are the most difficult to get because they have incredible eyesight where they can see you from 300 yards away if you scratch your eyebrow really yeah yeah so you have to be very still and very camouflaged and you got to know where you're going to put yourself in order for them not to see you and as well as get close enough that's the thing with turkey hunt you got to be you know maximum 60 50 yards Mm -hmm. with so you get a good look at them um and it's I mean, so... So that sounds difficult. That sounds more difficult than the quail hunting. and it sounds Absolutely, yeah. It takes a lot of patience. And so that when you do catch one and people do do their pictures with them, they're really proud, and that's oh, yeah. kind of like... Oh, yeah, because you got the top dog turkey, you know, of yeah. the American turkeys out there. Right. Are. There's three of them, Eastern and some, some other one. I forget the other okay. one. Okay. Yeah. So we've covered quail and turkey. What about deer? Now, I know where hmm. we were, we didn't. we weren't hunting for deer, um, they had a bunch of them there. There was a lot of them, and there were some <laughs> that were really rare and really expensive trophy. Oh yeah, like deer. the ac- access bucks uh, are, are amazing. Red yeah. stag deer, yeah. black black horn deer. Uh, there was the other one. Bear, what what bear makes them? What makes one more expensive or significant? To Prob- probably tro- how long they've been cultivating them uh-huh. you know the shorter amount of time that they've been cultivating them means they paid a price more recently to get said 
um, you know, a couple does and a, a buck is the most expensive one is really because right. he's the, you know, the breeder, the seed the, right. that generates this. It's like farming, you know, you just take your best cows and you breed them with the other best cows or, right. you know, just like anything else. Right. And just the shorter amount of time that, that, that they've been doing that, the more invested they are into it and the more expensive they got to be. <laughs> right. Yeah. Now, and it, does it have anything to do with the size of their horns or... Uh, is it is it called horns? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> or rack. You can call rack. It rack. Okay, yeah, I'm sure. I, I figured yeah. there was some specific. There's a yeah. There's a language. Very macho to the, language. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> very macho it, hunter right. language. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just like any other business, it has its lingo. Yeah. Um, I, I guess on the trophies. I don't know how they price it out. You know, a lot. Uh, n- nobody's really in this business to get rich. It's more just providing the service and having fun with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think they just kind of price it out like as because if they want to get top dollar, they'll a lot of the times they'll you know be like, oh, that one's not big enough. They'll tell you, mm-hmm. you know, the guides like, hey, you know, you want yeah. you want this one and it's yay big, right. you know. So take your time. And a lot of the, even though it's a ranch, you know, that's 2,000, 3,000 acres that's enclosed, uh, more or less, uh, but it's still um, it's still somewhat of a wild experience because you might go out there and not get anything, and you come home, and you're like, that was still a really cool experience. You know, I'll go try again tomorrow. Like go our go last try. outing. <laughs> oh, I know. Well, I, we weren't even going for. We saw tons of deer, so if we was, were going for deer, we, we, we would went have everywhere. Been, that was, would have been great. And they were the our our other guy, the guy who works Joe, for yeah. Yeah, Joe. He he said, "Man, if you guys were going for deer, we we'd have found oh, some man. of the best I thought deer the, I, I and, ha- and ate and, and had some of the best." Uh, if I was sitting, medicine to eat. <laughs> oh yeah. If I was sitting where your son was sitting, yeah. and when we when we went in the way back forty, yeah. and we rolled over a bunch of the palm fronds, and that humongous red stag came bellowing out yeah. ten feet in front of us, yeah, because he just didn't want us to like mess with him, yeah. Oh, I I would have been very tempted to take him home, and yeah, if I have to buy probably another freezer and fill it up. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> and it's, that's uh, and that's it's, what it's about too is getting this amazing. You know, free range, organic, cage free. You know, yeah. check all the G- non GMO. You click all the boxes. And we got and a lesson too on that and how some taste better than others. I'm not sure why, but it's yeah, true. It's yeah. true, right? Yeah, it's just like, uh, you know, by mistake. You know, you get a grass fed cow, it's going to be lean and, and green. And then if you get a grain fed cow, it's going to be fatty and sweet. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you get a combination. And right. That's my problem. So, my so favorite. the red buck was the one that would have been the one to. I forget, was that an axis deer or a red stag? I think that was a big old red stag, and its okay. horns were probably three feet high when it yeah. popped out of the bush Oof, there. Yeah, it was it crazy. Was probably a 200-pound yeah. deer. I was like, holy moly, that's a big deer. And, <laughs> and the crazy thing is, here we are going for uh, wild boar in an area that's highly populated, right. but yet we did not come across one. <laughs> yeah, And this guy, and took Joe, said, hey, I've no- this is the first time in his months of working there that this had happened, so he was... Well, really uh, filled with sadness. <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, he was pretty bummed. You know what he said to uh, Chelsea there? She said, "He said, uh, you know, I hate letting kids down." And yeah. we had all the kids. Yeah, know, we had the kids. Yeah, I know. They wanted. They wanted something to happen. Yeah. And I mean. It, <sighs> But it There's is what lot. it is. Yeah, I mean, it is. How, it how do you, you, you know, that was almost a valuable lesson in and of itself there. <laughs> well, what, why? What would you chalk it up to? Would you chalk it up to the hunting dogs that were tired? Would you chalk it up to the nights before that they really, I, you know? Uh, I think that, yeah, in the past, he told me in the past three months that they've harvested like 150 
pigs out of there so that they're you know wild hogs mm-hmm. um and so that's just a lot yeah it's just a lot yeah it's like uh, you know they, they they come in from the surrounding areas naturally because they you know multiply up to 18 babies a, a year so right yeah they're like rabbits in that sense but you know when you go that hard every day for three months you yeah. know something's got to give after a while but i also see the valuable lesson lesson of of patience and you know um pre- i had a business professor in college he said he said prepare for the worst and be happy with the best yeah which is a very kind of like conservative way of saying things but yeah. it's in a, in a business sense that can be uh quite helpful now uh, you know hunting i didn't grow up with it and, and like most of the things that i do with my children i've learned in my later years for their benefit because i want to expose them you know I, I grew up in queens new york my listeners know that and uh and and so moving here and then having kids i you know i took up boating i took up fishing i took up paddleboard i took up all these things and surfing we've traveled and and i've wanted to give them a life that i i didn't have as a child and as any parent you know hopefully will do for their children children in a constructive and you know manner and, and obviously Absolutely. looking at the most important things in life which are in one of my opinions is, is not only a connection to each other as human beings but a, con- a connection to our to earth and nature um, and an appreciation for it and, and a sense of wanting to protect it uh, mm-hmm. and I think all that can come with you know all of this so even though you're hunting you're still it should be done with a, a, a consciousness of okay we don't take more than we need uh, right we we are conscious about how we do it uh, where we do it there, there's all these rules that are unspoken so, and spoken so that that's the difference between um, you know like being a rights activist or a um, a conservationist mm-hmm. or an environmentalist. So the conservationist appreciates the land, appreciates the animals, and wants to conserve this area for them. And you know, when they they put the most money into this conservation, anytime you buy firearms or ammo or hunting gear or go to Bass Pro Shop, there is a tax, uh, you know, a feeder, corn, any of these things that are associated with. Archery bow. Right. There's a tax actually on that that goes back into um, the the conservation effort, mm-hmm. and it basically funds the animals. Same things with these exotic hunts in Africa. I mean, you know, it's funny seeing a dentist go out there and pay fifty thousand dollars to shoot a beautiful lion or something. But that fifty thousand dollars probably produced four more lions mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you know and present help preserve the land that they're yeah, on right yeah. and prevent poachers and mm-hmm. and all, you know all this stuff comes full circle so right. it's kind of oh it's almost counterintuitive yeah. <laughs> you know? and it's hard for people to uh, understand sometimes is that you know the guy the guys going out there hunting yeah. are saving those animals yeah. <laughs> so and no it's something that i've wanted my kids to because you know it's mm-hmm. one thing you can be a vegetarian you could be a whatever you could do this you could mm-hmm. do that you could not want this but you have to understand you have to look at it learn it and be knowledgeable before Mm. you make a decision oh yeah and same thing with firearms all my kids know how to fire firearms why Mm -hmm. because we did a safety course we went and we had a person run us through education it was an hour before they got to really even fire Right. Yep. And, and and then they're now that they school. do, they're safer because of it. They're right. not going to have a misfire happen. They have right. a huge respect for it. And then when we go out, like you went, you were, you were there teaching my 11-year-old to fire his first high-power rifle. Oh, yeah. And, and he, lo- he loved it, the two forty three. I thought that was great. Yeah. yeah. And, and he was not 
scared of it. He was he got right in there, but he was mindful. You could tell he was respectful because he had already we had done you know clay shooting and all of that with, with he's, uh, he's so twenty he's, gauge you know he, before. He's such a funny guy. He's like, he's like oh I'll do that, and then he, then he goes to do it, and he's like he gets all he's him. He goes all right. Well, how do I do this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. so funny. Yeah. So so yeah. that's the type of thing that we can do <laughs> yeah. um, with these outings and you know that leads me to talk about the tools tools of the trade mm. um and respect for them and learning them that's another thing that comes with your work is right. that you can want to go and do all this hunting and but you have to learn the tools of the trade before yes. you even so before we you know went out mm. there was a good half hour to an hour of learning the tools right? yes so yeah. what are some good tools to know of and and and, and something that i did for days prior and mm. i'm texting you about learning about rifles and such yeah and what do i do How, what should i buy yeah. I, yeah so I so tell us about that when it comes to hunting say quail and wild turkey versus wild boar and deer oh. what, what would be the tools no there's a lot there's well yeah i mean you know there's lots of different ways to get a cat as they say um you know turkeys you know, they're going to be far away so you have to think about how am I going to hit him with a shotgun far away? How do I do that? And then you go, you go on YouTube or you ask Kogan or whatever. You figure out that there's a choke to a shotgun. And you go, okay, how does that work? And then you put this bigger choke on it to narrow the spread down, and then you buy the right ammunition, which is the biggest thing of these any firearm. Is what, what the heck are you going to put in there? What kind of rock are you going to put in there to throw? Um, throw <laughs> like a caveman. Uh, uh, so, so you know, you put number three giant. Uh, what would it be like? Number uh, you could do like T shot or BB shot, which is big. You know, like BBs, bigger pellets. So you could actually get out to fifty yards and get a turkey. Whereas a quail is like you don't need big giant magnum shells. You need just a little twenty gauge with maybe like mm, I like six shot. Six six is good. Maybe maybe even five. Uh, and, and that'll that'll do you just fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and for oh, this a lot of people have different rules of thumb mm -hmm. compared to you know if you're gonna do medium game hunting like around in Florida, we don't have any really big animals yeah. per se, um, so you could get away with anything around here. Really, it's like like a, as long as you're as long as you're proficient at what. Um, what you're shooting at and your ranges and things like that that's the biggest thing is just going out there and practicing mm -hmm. um and then you know using using the right using the right ammo is always good too right. <laughs> that really helps i remember so my buddy went out there with another friend of mine same weekend we were out yeah um to their own private land to go do the thing and i go i go i bet he, uh, uh, let me go let me go see what you got in the bag before you go and he's got you know he's got his rifle but he's got military ammunition and people think oh yeah military ammunition that'll that'll do it right no it's not gonna do it's not gonna expand it's just gonna pass through the animal and then the animal's gonna run a hundred two hundred mile yeah. and be gone right. and be gone because it does and then if you use an expanding uh rifle round with a tip on it so that it does the thing when it hits um then that it'll immobilize uh your your game and drop it right there and it's ethical you know it's a done deal and you're not worrying about the thing suffering for several hours right. after you've done Which is a big deal it, yeah exactly. and you told me at exactly. a, about a friend who went hunting didn't he wasn't mindful of all this and oh yeah he's lost to, track of 
Oh, yeah. He he went out to, where is that, Montana? Uh-huh. Um, yeah, Montana on an elk hunt, and he wanted to do it with a bow and arrow. So he goes out there for a week, and he, um, he finally gets a, a buck, a big one, and he goes, I got to get him, you know, and it's 60 yards away. It's far, and he's been, he's tired. And he lets one arrow go, and he probably hit it way too far back, and it was just not good because the animal got away. He left and went back home, and three days later, the guide calls him and says, hey, we found it, and it's got your arrow in it, and they sent him the pictures. Mm. And and so he got his deer, but he didn't get to take it home. Mm. And it was out there in the wild for the mountain lions, and that cost him 15 grand. 15 grand. <laughs> 15 grand. Yeah. So, so that was an expensive lesson on his right. deal. So, so, you know, there is an ethical way, there's a conscious way, and there's a way to connect and do it right. And, hey. That's just an example of him trying to teach himself as right. opposed to. Going with someone that's experienced and knows what they're doing, like Kogan Kane. Thank you. <laughs> How do people find you? Oh, I'm on all the socials. Um, of course, Kogan'sAdventures.com. So that's uh, C-O-G-A-N. C-O-G-A-N-C-A-I-N. Uh, you know, you can find me on Facebook, Kogan Kane, uh, or Kogan's Adventures. However, mm-hmm. um, Instagram, all the things. I got awesome. I got them all listed on there. It's been a pleasure to know you, a pleasure to meet you, and obviously a pleasure to have you on this show to educate our listeners. We could do a whole other show on fishing, which is just wonderful. Um, you know, oh, yeah. uh, there's just so much to be said about that. Uh, we love fishing shows. We love fishing. We love <laughs> oh, <laughs> it yeah. all. Oh, and, I know. Um, that's, and, a, that's, another, that's another hobby. Whole other that can, one. Yeah. Yeah. It'll well, take you around the world and back. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. And It's my is, pleasure, Doc. Yeah, yeah, man. If you love what you hear and are looking for more happy, healthy ways for quality living, log on to VelHealth.com and subscribe to receive special advanced benefits and information on the first ever holistic health app, VelHealth. This has been another Maximum Health Quality Living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. If you've missed any portion of this show, it's on all available podcasts. And um, see you next time.